Hello and you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshock.net. Episode 37. Bus escorts should be employed by Bus Aaron. Hello, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. Uh, this is Simon Lewis from Unshot.net. Um, after my comeback uh, last week uh, with uh, our COVID-19 returning to school uh, special episode, um, I suppose it's probably a bit of a letdown to come uh, to an episode about bus uh, transport and things like that. But um, for those of you who haven't been tuning in regularly to If I Were the Minister for Education, um, this is episode number 37 of about 130 or so episodes. And this just happened to be the 37th episode I was planning on doing uh, before I uh, paused uh, the podcast uh, about eight months ago. Um, anyway, we are back. Um, thank you, first of all, to all of the people that uh, listened uh, to uh, If I Were the Minister for Education last week. Um, it was the first time um, the podcast uh, had so many listeners, uh, so many uh, that it uh, actually reached the top 10 of the um podcasting charts uh, for education which is uh, fantastic and very much appreciated um so thanks for that uh, i was uh, kind of joking um on facebook that uh, when i was a boy i dreamed of getting into the top 10 um i i, I probably was uh, thinking music uh, rather than uh, podcasting but uh, anyway um fantastic uh, uh kind of a bit of a, a bit of a buzz for for myself anyway anyway to, to on to uh, bus all things buses um a very very sexy topic uh, to cover after last week and i suppose it, this like most of my other uh, podcast episodes can be summed up with the following words ah the irish education system yeah it's an overly complica complicated complex it's mired in historical precedents and no one really knowing who's responsible for who and i suppose it's not really a bad symbol in fact the buses that is of the entire education system um so in this episode i'll be trying to figure out school buses and if I were the Minister for Education, how I would change the system so the bus escorts were employees of Bus Aaron rather than the school's boards of management. Some of you uh, might have been surprised to hear uh, in the introduction there uh, that bus escorts aren't actually employees of Bus Aaron. Although, now that you know that, you'd probably expect, with the same logic, that the bus drivers are also not employees of Bus Aaron. But of course, you, you'd be wrong there. <laughs> yeah, school bus drivers are employees of Bus Aaron, and bus escorts, for some reason, are employees of a school's board of management. And of course, knowing now that the whole landscape is as mad as it is, you won't be surprised to hear that not every bus escort is actually employed by the board of management of a school that they're even working in. So in this series, what I generally do is, uh, for those of you who haven't listened to it before uh, or only just were new to it, I generally compare the Irish education system to Christmas decorations. Uh, 
generally you know Christmas decorations when you put them in the attic I don't mean when they're all nicely on the tree they're all tangly and chaotic and when you try and on not on not bits of them other bits get knotted up but before you give and then you just give up and just throw the whole lot of over the tree in any way you want and then walk away and you claim no responsibility for the state of the look of the Christmas tree well if the Department of Education was decorating your family's Christmas tree that's what it would look like but I could just as well use the school bus as a good symbol of the Irish education system too. It's a total mess, with buses travelling all over towns and villages, often passing each other on the road, sometimes even going to the same places uh, on separate buses. It's a system where some people in the same estate can get access to a bus and others can't for no real reason. It's a system where two separate vehicles can pick up from the same house because one has additional needs and for some reason the sibling without needs can't go on that bus because they don't have additional needs. Yes, and sometimes the bus is a taxi. Um, yes, like the school transport scheme doesn't necessarily just have buses. Sometimes children go to school in taxis because there are some children who don't get a school bus and they get a taxi every day, every single day and that's at the cost of a regular taxi. So for the next little while I'm going to gather whatever information I can about the school transport system from as many different sources as possible as well as from stories I've probably heard over the over the number of years. And why do some schools have over a dozen separate buses serving their school while others have only one? Well it's actually very difficult to find information on the reality of the school transport scheme. However, at its most basic, the way it works is that if you live at least 3.2 kilometres, not 3, not 4, 3.2 kilometres from your nearest primary school, you are entitled to bus transport to that school. And to make things a little bit more complicated, your nearest school doesn't actually mean your nearest school. It means your nearest school of the ethos of your choosing. So, for example, you might really, really want to go to a Gwale school, but you might live 10 kilometres away from it with five English medium schools along the way on your journey. So you're still actually entitled to the bus to the Gwale school rather than the five English medium schools along the way. And given that there's lots and lots of different patron bodies these days, the roads can get very busy with buses crisscrossing around towns. So anyway, most families um, have to have to pay for the service say I think they pay 100 euro per child for the service and um, now there is a limit there's a cap I think it's 220 euro per family to use the bus service every year and that works out at about 55 cent per day which I guess isn't particularly excessive if if you have it but if you're on social welfare you get it for free which is absolutely fair enough but what happens if bus Aaron can't fill a bus you know that's that seems reasonable and um, this is our first obstacle let's say so you've got a bus and there's 52 seats let's say and they can't fill them all well to be fair to bus Aaron because they're not into wasting money they're a company they've thought of that so if a bus can't be filled there's a thing called concessionary tickets and these are available to those families who don't qualify for the bus um, under certain conditions and, and I've, I actually found these conditions and um, they're not very hard to find <laughs> but these are the conditions um, that bus errand determines that a suitable service exists to school or the education centre okay that's their their service that the service has spare capacity okay so it's not full so nothing new here that the routes are not extended or altered so basically that they won't need um, 
another bus to pick you up so effectively it's, it's you're, you're living on that same route so they're not altering what they would do just to pick you up so or they won't need a larger vehicle or any or they don't need any extra trips to get to t- uh, trips to get you um, and basically that there's no additional cost to the state okay that's fair enough um, that the appropriate annual charge is paid so you have to pay um, for it and medical cards are not applicable for the concessionary tickets apparently according to this and availability may vary from year to year and it's and basically effectively you can't be guaranteed for your entire time in school so if, let's say for example in junior infants uh, the bus only has you know some, it isn't full so you might get uh, you might be allowed onto the bus if you don't live the 3.2 kilometers away but that doesn't mean you'll get the bus in senior infants or first class or second class and so on so anyway fair I think all that seems reasonable enough and I'd find that very difficult to argue with. But on top of all this, the school bus scheme also caters for children with additional needs, which is uh, no, uh, which is which is fine, of course, as well. You wouldn't expect not to. Um, and the Department of Education states that children are eligible for school transport where they have special educational needs arising from a diagnosed disability and are attending the nearest recognised mainstream school or a special class or a special school. Um, and basically, that's what they uh, well, uh, the the services there to meet their, ed- their their special educational needs. Now, there's also I mean that's very wordy, but basically it means that if you have a child with a diagnosed disability and they're attending a school, they are entitled to school transport uh, to the scheme. And they're again entitled to their nearest school of the of their of of their ethos, um, which is um, which is fine. So there's all sorts of policies as well on behaviour and so on. And to be fair, it kind of works in its own. I suppose the whole thing works in its own little expensive way. Basically, you know that's why there's a lots of buses going to the uh, to uh, particular schools, um, depending on geographical region and catchment areas and things like that. So. Uh, Bus Erin have been doing the scheme really uh, since the 1960s and there isn't actually a tendering process for keeping it on so Bus Erin can kind of do what they want um, and really from the number of buses on the roads it kind of appears that they do um, and it costs a lot of money to run the bus service. It costs 150 million euro per year to do it. That's very, that's a lot of money for uh, for buses I think, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, how much it costs, uh, how much it should cost, but 150 million does sound very high. Um, however, um, let's look into this a little bit. Um, there was a minister uh, recently enough uh, in the last government called John Halligan, um, and he was the minister f- uh, responsible for school transport. He was a junior minister, and he gave uh, some background in a Shanna debate. And he said, Back in the 2016-2017 school year, almost 116,000 children, so that's about a quarter, almost a quarter of all school-going children, including 12,000 children with special education needs, were transported in more than 4,000 vehicles on a daily basis to primary and post-primary schools throughout the country, covering more than 100,000, uh, sorry, 100 million kilometres. Now, I just want to stop there um, with that. 4,000 vehicles. Now, just even thinking about the number of schools there are, there's three thousand two hundred schools, uh, primary schools in the country. So, um, you know, that's interesting. Anyway, he goes on. In two thousand and sixteen, the total cost of school transport amounted to one hundred and eighty-two million euro, 
and that included direct transport services, grant payments and funding to schools for the employment of escorts to accompany children with special educational needs whose care and safety needs are such as to require the support of an escort. So long-winded waves saying how they're spending their money. They're big numbers, aren't they? A hundred million kilometers in a year. Now those sorts of figures are the kinds that are they're so big. I mean, when I say a hundred million kilometers, that's a, it's such a big number, it actually kind of is meaningless in a way. And indeed, if the whole thing wasn't subsidized by the Department of Education to the tune of over a hundred million uh, euro, another massive number, it probably would have been bankrupt years ago. Or would it? That's the thing. I actually don't think it would have. What I think would have happened, and this is where I, I, I'm going to be a little bit critical of Bus Aaron here. Basically, because it's so heavily subsidized by the Department of Education, I think Bus Aaron or whoever was going to run the school transport system would have found ways to make the system work within whatever budget was given. And being perfectly frank, it seems really, really strange that no one seems to have thought about making the school transport system and their scheme a lot smarter, really. Um, I hate the word smart, but I mean, it's probably the best word for this. I, I've mentioned this idea before in a previous episode when I was attempting to look at ways to save small schools about having smart bus systems where you, you create these circles of transport that could be used. I mean, it was a simple idea and it was simply to create a rural bus scheme that works in these overlapping circles. So you, you basically have buses traveling throughout the day and sometimes they'll be used by school children, sometimes used by uh, other uh, parts of the community. But before I continue, I'm ignoring the fact that before we do anything, we, we you know, the, and this has, this, I suppose, everything I say in a way, and I suppose this is where the symbol of uh, the, the school bus as a symbol of the education system comes. Nothing is going to work unless we strip back the education system a bit and we have to scrap school choice because I think that's one of our problems, that if you can't or you don't go to your nearest primary school, this doesn't work, okay? Um, and the only way of that happening is that we have to remove the patron system that we have or the various management bodies. I think that ha just has to happen. So it does mean separating church and state, uh, for example, and deciding whether we really, really care about the Irish language or not. I mean, you know, scrapping the Welsh schools, for example. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually meaning this to say that. But if we were to separate church and state, then everyone would simply go to their nearest primary school, basically. And that was sort of a human rights issue, actually, as well. So, I mean, in some ways, by separating church and state, we sort out human rights, but we also, so <laughs> we also separate, we also, have a, we also solve the problem of buses. Now, I'm not absolutely sure, but I think I'm right in saying that it's not a human right to go to a Gwale school. So a bus, or a bus service may not actually be a right. So if you choose to go to a Gwale school that's uh, further out, you may not be entitled to a bus to go to it. And maybe that's a compromise about people who might choose to go to Gwales because I'm not sure how strong I feel about that, uh, but it's something worth considering. Do, is it a right to go to a Gwales school if you want to? I'm, I'm not picking on Gwales schools particularly, it's just, I mean, I, I know that religion, um, for example, is, 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 a, is a barrier to human rights. Um, I'm not sure if there's a human right to attend a school in your language. Um, but that's maybe someone can correct me on that. I suppose that's the purpose of these podcasts is to get these conversations going and maybe to think about them. But anyway, by scrapping school choice, it means we'd have a much simpler system with way, way fewer buses. Now, to make, but however, we, we, making life harder for myself because that seems too simple. 
we actually better look at the current system which is overcomplicated and over you know and we'll see what we can do maybe now okay i'm not i i i i'm not naive i don't think um bus Aaron are going to basically say you know sorry guys unless you uh, separate church and state we're we're not going to do anything keep giving me my 100 million so clearly that's not going to change uh, that's not going to change so what am i going to do to change the bus transport system given that we have the complicated system that we have in patronage so my first thing would be to scrap school transport scheme um, and replace it with a regular bus service a rural bus service that basically went from morning until night using well-planned routes that anyone could use so it wouldn't i would actually scrap bus services just for children okay um and every bus will be equipped with a driver and an escort so it doesn't really matter whether there is a child with additional needs or not there would always be an escort and the escort will be there simply as a for obviously child protection reasons uh, if if the public were allowed to use this bus and um, the service would pass by schools along that route and children would simply get off at their correct stop and the escort would be there to help them and um, there'll be other stops along the way of course for pickups and drop-offs and the service would be pretty regular in the mornings so you wouldn't necessarily have to be relying on one particular bus uh, let's say but um you know quite likely you would be um and anyway so the it would be fairly regular in the mornings and home times obviously and less regular during the day but each route would basically cover a loop now as a, uh, as if you've listened to a previous episode it was actually a year ago uh, around now we were talking i was talking about rural bus schemes and they would go in circles so these loops uh, or circles would overlap with other routes so to get from one place to the next would be reasonably simple so the escort would work in the mornings and at home times and they'd make sure that the children got off at the right stops to get to their to the school and the escort would also be paid by bus errand in fact you would take the escorts away from schools in fact schools would have nothing absolutely nothing to do with the bus service and rightly so i don't understand what we've what we need to be getting involved in when it comes to the bus services except maybe to uh, accommodate children that might arrive um at the respective schools at particular times of the day i mean you know at the end of the day not every child is going to come to school at exactly the right time so we'd probably have to work that out uh, given uh, this system but with good planning a system like this would provide excellent employment opportunities and it'll be much cheaper than the current system so if your kid needed his or her own his or her own bus escort that could be applied for and bus errand would do the rest so again you wouldn't need the schools doing it and how would it make money I mean because obviously the system would need to be uh, funded well again all children would have something like a leap card or whatever you know i'm sure they'd come up with a much better uh, some quirky name for it um but it's it's kind of easy that way you know um routes wouldn't have to be run by bus errand either in fact routes could be tendered um to any company that wanted to run a service but the main thing is that each route would link in with another route or with several routes in a series of linked routes uh, i know that sounds a bit highfalutin and maybe a little bit confusing but basically you're looking at series of circles and uh, them overlapping with each other so you might have to get off a bus and get onto another bus but you would have an escort helping you along the way and you do that every day and basically the services uh, would run all day every day for the public and not just for schools so again it would be it wouldn't just be used twice a day and therefore the bus drivers would be employed uh, for a full day instead of just doing two journeys a day and yeah of course there'd be problems i mean for example I mean the first thing I, that popped in my head anyway was how are you going to get a four-year-old on a bus and hope that they get that they land at the right bus stop and this is why 
this escort would be there on every bus and they would know who was coming on and then again what about child protection that was another thought that might come across you well maybe there could be a designated sections on the buses for children and sections for members of the public so children would sit in a certain area and members of the public would sit in a different area and um, what if i wanted to send my school that wasn't my in my local loop for example well i suppose the first question to ask you is why would you be doing this in the first place and that goes back to our our earlier argument of standardizing the types of schools we have so i mean ultimately a system like this whatever way it would look would have the impact that schools would no longer be responsible for bus escorts and they would be the responsibility for the bus company like they should i mean there's no reason they shouldn't so even if we did absolutely nothing else except simply shift the employer of bus escorts to bus airing it would be actually a decent step in the right direction i suppose there's really no need for schools to be um, responsible for uh, bus escorts. I mean, sometimes, and I don't know about uh, other schools, you might not really ever see the bus escort that you're employing, really. You might not see them at all. However, we really need to be, um, I think, braver and bolder and, and try and solve more than just the problem. I mean, it's very easy to kind of flick um, the switch and um, basically say, okay, schools don't employ the... Um, uh, the bus escorts now it's going to be bus airing um, because as I've said before when you try and solve one knot in those Christmas decorations if we did that then something else will go wrong and as I said whenever it comes to doing that if you solve one knot in those decorations um, another three knots can appear and I mean I guess we've learned that a lot <laughs> with the Department of Education uh, when you try and solve a problem I mean the first example that comes into my head was when Richard Bruton was uh, uh, trying to get rid of the baptism barrier and ended up making the whole thing even more complicated than it was beforehand. Um, but, um, you know, this is this is the thing about our system. It's so complicated. So, I mean, I suppose that's um, there's not much more to say about it. Uh, there's no point in me rabbiting on for uh, hours about something as simple or as small. Um, it's a simple problem. Um, bus escorts shouldn't be employed by schools they should be employed by bus Aaron but I also think we need to look at the school transport system as it is um, I'm recording this I suppose at a time um, uh, if you're listening to this later uh, in the future uh, where we might be living in different times but at these at this time where I'm recording which is the middle of July um, there is a plan for reopening schools after the coronavirus COVID-19 coronavirus just in case a new virus comes along um, of a similar nature but this is the COVID-19 uh, version and uh, buses and bus transport um, is, is very much in the uh, conversation um, not necessarily for schools but um, this week it became um, illegal not to wear a mask on um, public transport and it'll be interesting to see how this will map when it comes to school uh, transport people have to be sitting a metre from each other um, we're discovering now uh, there was a theory um, around this time uh, before this time that children uh, didn't spread the uh, virus but that seems to be under uh, uh, under some doubt now uh, which is quite worrying so children will they have to wear masks will they have to sit one meter apart if they are doing that will we need twice the number of buses thus costing the bus service um, double the money so again I found um, last week when I was uh, discussing COVID-19 there was lots of opportunities for plugging the holes that we've uh, that that have been left in education and the ability to test new things out and I suppose this is another um, opportunity for Bus Aaron and the Department of Education to get together and thinking okay like 
we certainly can't double the budget for bus airing. So how can we come up with a system that will allow children be to, to be transported from their homes to their nearest school? Um, and uh, maybe this is the time to think about it. Um, I can't say I'll be able to solve that in this episode. Um, this is, uh, and I don't think there's any, a time uh, to do that, but uh, certainly it's a conversation that maybe should be happening. So when you're just going back into the more general, um, I suppose, point of this episode, um, and I'll finish off with that, what I'm trying to solve here is, if I were the Minister for Education, I would be ensuring that bus escorts are employees of bus airing and not boards of management. So that is uh, a shorter episode uh, than normal. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope um, it was um, obviously not as emotive, uh, let's say, as um, previous episodes have been. Um, I hope you're um, all keeping well as you're listening to this. And if you're new uh, to um, If I Were the Minister for Education, be sure to tune in every Wednesday morning because that's when I release these podcast episodes. And it's always just in time for your midweek slump. Um, generally, if you are a uh, if you're teaching uh, Wednesdays, one of those days where you need something to get your blood boiling and hopefully this podcast will do that for you. Um, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either onshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education. Um, I'd really appreciate you subscribing to the podcast if you don't mind on whatever platform you use um, because each new episode will then be available to you immediately after its release. Um, I'd really appreciate um, any reviews that you might have for the podcast. I noticed uh, one going up this week. It was very kind and thank you very much. Um, uh, but it does help other people find it more easily. So that's it for this week. Um, a very... Um, light uh, episode maybe after the very heavy episode last week um we'll be uh, probably going to be over the summer um of 2020 um looking more into the uh, covid 19 and the reopening of schools but uh, also um producing um normal episodes um uh, as as we go on through over the weeks anyway that's enough from me thanks a million for listening and we will catch you again next week thank you bye bye